0: Welcome in, dog Nation. You are listening live to Before the Hedges. That's a staple every Wednesday night, 8 p.m.-ish on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter sometimes, uh, also on your Spotify, Apple podcast platform, and also your SoundCloud platforms. We talk all things UGA recruiting. Lots of weeks we have an interview with a member of the 2021, 2022, or 2023 recruiting class. This weekend, while we have a very brisk show to get to, I've uh, got some keynote topics I want to get to. For me, as the headline on your scroll and on your screen suggested, we're going to discuss the lost opportunity this week of the Auburn football game. First and foremost, when you look at Georgia's home slate this year, you've got Tennessee at home, um, you have Auburn at home, Um You have Mississippi State and Vanderbilt at home. Those are your four home games. Not a very stellar thing. So what does that set up? This one sets up as kind of the 1.21 gigawatts. Hat tip to Doc Brown. Uh, Recruiting weekend. This was the weekend when Georgia, typically for the Mecca recruiting weekend of every cycle, have names like Mason Smith here, Terion Arnold, Corey Foreman, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, um, Nylon Green, uh, the list goes on and on, especially with all the 2021 commits. Marius Mims likely would have been in town. It was a weekend that would have drawn all the mega recruits. Well, of course, the year 2020 is nothing like the ideal weekend or anything like we expected it to be. It is something decidedly different. Very few media allowed, uh, very few people on the sidelines. Recruits are not even allowed inside the facility least on um, recruit tickets or complimentary tickets that's per the most recent NCAA bylaws. And I want to take you to something. uh, My man, our guy, Connor Riley asked Kirby smart this week about how different and how, as I said before, in our show open, how much of a lost opportunity it was for Georgia not to be able to host recruits this weekend. And Kirby who's normally going to give you a little bit more on all of his recruiting topics when he hasn't, question like that teed up in a formal press conference setting let's take a look at what he said right here he said um he was asked how this weekend is going to look like from a recruiting perspective given how big this home game usually is kirby smart's response there is none everybody is trying to celebrate recruits virtually and that is about all you can do they can't come there's not a lot we can do we can try to generate an awesome atmosphere with our fans make social media, media videos, FaceTime guys when we can, there's just not a lot we can do. Maybe there's somebody doing something better than us. We can't fill up the stands and that's the best way to impress them. Probably the next best thing is the next best way is to play well. And that's what we need to do. There you have it. That's what a big recruiting looks like. Recruiting weekend looks like now in the pandemic, the light show, Will or will it happen? Can Georgia wear black jerseys? Can the fans go absolutely bonkers? For a lot of those people that make it inside the 23,000 appointed fans inside Sanford Stadium on Saturday night, kind of not going to be the same thing, kind of not even going to be close to the same thing as it always is. That, my my friends, is our lead topic tonight, our lead story tonight on dognation.com's Before the Hedges. I want to welcome everybody in. Our Dog Nation Before the Hedges shows are proudly sponsored each and every week by Kroger. Um, We've been doing these for approximately five years now, and it's been a great and wonderful partnership. Um, Want to check in and see how everybody's doing? Hat tip to uh, Facebook. Shout out to YouTube. I hope everybody's playing nice on both of those platforms right there. You, if you certainly wish things could be different for the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend from a recruiting perspective, I'd like to hear it. Who's planning to go to the game on Saturday? Are they going to yell their lungs out just the same? How much different will be that be like inside of Sanford Stadium? thought it was interesting. One of the NFL beat writers asked Bill Belichick about what the mood and what everything was like, even with the piped-in crowd noise and the theatrics. And he said it really resembled practice. And I guess that's what it will feel like for a lot of Georgia Bulldogs and maybe some of those fans inside the gates of Sanford Stadium, maybe those McGill Society members, maybe those parents that got to see the scrimmages the last couple of of weeks or over the last month. That's what it's going to feel like. Definitely won't be a chance for Georgia to bring in 10 five stars, another 25 four stars for one of those red carpet recruiting weekends for Georgia. No official visits, no unofficial visits, truly a very lost weekend. Um, I wanted to call that to your attention, but there's also three things. I'm going to hit these, and this, I'm going to call this the big three. Three things that stick out to me right now when we're putting our finger on the pulse of Georgia recruiting. First thing for, first and foremost, there was some chatter that was verified by a recent 24-7 sports report. Uh, that was by Greg Biggins, Biggins who is their – their ace recruiting analyst for the West coast Biggins shared his thoughts about, he felt on a couple things regarding Corey Foreman. And let's summarize one. Corey Foreman is no longer a lock to either. I enroll a enroll early, excuse me, a enroll early B uh, make his commitment. um, Or make his signing and signing during the early signing period or C also um, enroll early at all. So, not as likely anymore to enroll early, not as likely to make his commitment um, during an all American game or to sign it all during the early signing period. We can see that one going forward. Maybe the one that extends out to the traditional national signing day in February with Corey Foreman. This is something we put in the forum, dog nation forum, forum.dognation.com a couple of days ago. Um, with Corey Foreman, There's a chance, given everything that he's got going on, no senior season, postponement of his senior high school season until, I think, February to April. Um, Also, he's wanting to take his official visits, which sounds like it's going to be a very tough decision between Georgia, LSU. He took another visit to LSU last weekend for the Mississippi State game. Um, And then he probably also wants to see what kind of year that – Um, USC will have one of the hometown local favorites for Corey Foreman, his decision, what kind of year will USC have? If they do get geared up and do start playing their 2020 season sometime in November, lots of variables there much, much to also bring to attention the the very much sounds like it's a a lead pipe like lock, or at least carved in school carved in stone. That would be Corey Foreman, um, Corey Foreman and Mason Smith playing together. Sorry. Sometimes guys I see notifications pop through my phone or text messages pop through my phone. And sometimes when I'm doing one of these shows, I'm just waiting for a message to come across that might be a stop the presses on one of our shows. Um, that that's the reset right now on Corey Foreman. And we'll talk about that a little bit later during our top targets and also during our uh, commitment expected commitment timelines second thing i want to talk to you guys about is terry and arnold terry and arnold spoke to him recently there will be a uh, dognation.com story up that kind of summarizes and gives you the gist of this conversation coming up in the coming days terry and arnold is a guy that he has a published and declared top 11 but listening to terry and arnold it sounds like he's maybe down to five or six schools at the most very interesting to see his decision shrinking down a little bit as well the third thing we got to bring up and i hope um, my good friend Michael, that's uh, controlling the sticks right now for us, can share the huddle highlights through the, through the first three games of Pierce Sperling third, Pierce Sperling is a 2020 tie, 2023 2023 tight end, six foot six, really about six foot five and some change, maybe six foot five and a half. Lots of Bulldogs in his family, multi generational Bulldog family. They have season tickets. He made his commitment to the University of Georgia today, one of those nouveau, newfangled. I can hear my grandpa, my papa saying this right in the back of my head. My mamaw and papa would always call him one of those newfangled um, when they were talking about something uh, innovative and cutting edge, tight ends that can be a flex in can play um, with their hand on the ground or with their hand off the ground. Peter Sperling committed to Georgia. I think that will be a very robust and stout commitment in the 2023 recruiting class. You guys saw the Dog Nation story about that commitment today. You saw a good take there about from Terrence Edwards. Pierce Sperling is a pupil of Terrence Edwards, um, breaking down what he is right now and what he could be in a couple of years or three years at the college level. Pierce is about 6'5 and a 6'5 and three quarters, about 220 pounds right now. He is off to a very fast start to his sophomore season. I believe it's 21 catches for 300 and something yards at 16.4 yards per catch and three touchdowns. I would expect this commitment to stick and really that entire 2023 class for Georgia is coming together very nicely, even on the sly, even on the down low. I would expect Georgia to almost – depending on what all these commitments start dropping, I would expect Georgia to be an almost wire-to-wire number one school for um, all of those – number one school in the 2023 recruiting class, at least probably from – spring practice of 2023 on that's how many um that's how many good tidings are happening right now for Georgia in the class of 2023 that is a different recruiting class I don't know if you guys have been on the pages of dognation.com earlier today but we shared a very unique and a very grateful story we were able to write about uh 2021 defensive line commitment Jonathan Jefferson now Jonathan Jefferson is the guy that's 6'3 and a half, 285 pounds, rated as a defensive end, very much likely going to be a defensive tackle, at three technique, a five technique, an interior DL for the Bulldogs going forward. He touched, on the, he touched bases on a lot of subjects, including how much bigger he's gotten. And the real reason, the real reason why um, he made his commitment when he did, it is a very touching story. I think anybody that's dealt with the coronavirus and COVID-19 in their lives and in their families and in their walks of lives and neighborhood, have at least someone that's been touched by the coronavirus and the Georgia 2021 recruiting class is no different. Good conversation with some good fall, some good late August uh, camp work and some preseason work, video of Jonathan Jefferson and what he looks like heading into his senior year. going to play some tight end, going to play some wide receiver, as well as being a defensive tackle for Douglas County High School. It was my privilege recently to talk to uh, Jonathan Jefferson and his coaches about um, his prospecthood. Let's take a look at that um, package we have put together. You're going to hear a lot from Jonathan Jefferson right now. How are you, I mean obviously you look physically bigger. Describe how much your body has
1: changed over the last six to eight months. Really been hitting the gym really hard uh, throughout the week, in the mornings, afternoon. Just working on getting my body right for the next level. But it's not just high school right now, so I got to get bigger, stronger, faster right now. So I've just been grinding the last eight months. Is it just natural growth and getting
0: bigger, or did you purposely try to put on some pounds to play defensive line at the next
1: level? Uh, purposely, uh, just a lot of protein, a lot of muscle building, a lot of lifting. Really like that. I think you committed, was it right before COVID or right after COVID? It was right after COVID, right? Yeah, like March 20th or something like yeah, that? Yeah, around there. Do you remember why you committed and and, and does, that, does that reason still ring true today? Oh, really? Uh, the, the morning, what a night. The night that I committed, what a night before I committed. I was thinking like where I should go and I woke up that morning. And God sent me a sign because my dad, unfortunately, got hit with COVID. So he was in the hospital, so Georgia's my number one, so I was like, so might as well come in now while I can still tell him, but gladly he, he beat it. So, yeah, it was good. Of course, now we know your dad is a fighter, a uh, uh, heavyweight
0: fighter. A, how did he come out of COVID? Did he have a bad bad case of it, or was it one of those yeah. where he had to
1: summon up a lot yeah. of will? Uh, it, was, it was a bad case. He was in a ventilator. He was in the last stretch, really, but he beat it. He lost a lot of weight, too, about 50, 60 pounds. Wow. He was in there, he was in there for, like, almost a month or two. How was he... How is he better now? I mean, how is Uh, his state now? He's great now. Over the summer, he was working out with me, trying to get back in shape. So, yeah, he's doing good right now. What does that tell you about the disease? Was that a really early wake-up call about the disease, about this is no joke? Yeah, at first I thought it wasn't real. I thought it was like some government, like like publicity or something. But when he really got hit with it, it was serious. Uh, I was real happy. Really, I I was scared because early in his life, he had uh, a kidney transplant. So... When he got hit with COVID, I was like, I don't even know if he's gonna make it. So, praise him every night, and God answered my prayers that he made it out safe. Is it Was it important that you wanted to see you let your dad know you were committed and you were going somewhere before just in case things took a turn for the worse? Yeah, it was, I had to make him know because he had been there since I was young too, so I had to make him happy. What did you tell your
0: dad when he came out? Did you did he know you committed to Georgia, or was that the first time you could look him in the
1: eye and say, I'm going to go play college football here? Uh, really that night I kind of talked to him because his phone was dead. He couldn't like um get to his phone so it was probably like a week after he was down in the hospital. Day, we but he was he was happy. Jonathan, what what are your goals for the next level? I know you're gonna enroll early. Yes, sir. Um why does that make sense to you and what are you what are you already looking forward to with your college career? Um looking to be a start really, trying to get in and play, trying to make to make it to the big leagues really, that's my main goal. What do you think motivates you? Uh, my mom, being a single mom, always pushing me every day to be great. I know if she can do what she needs to do, then I know I I need I can do what I need to do to make it up. What do you think was the biggest single reason why you chose Georgia? Why, why was it, why was Georgia your number one? Uh, really, the connection with Coach Scott. Uh, this is a real strong connection, and uh, he's just a real cool dude. He's just good to talk with. He's just not all about football. He connect with you like a, really a, like my partner like I talked to him about anything so it's not all about football it's not him not really like appreciate that what's the strength of that commitment like do you think you're locked down are other coaches in schools still trying and what's your response when they still try to talk to you about a visit uh, I'm locked down I don't, I don't talk to nobody else right now I'm just I'm Georgia all the way did you grow up a Georgia fan mm-hmm. so if we would have talked two years ago and I would have said hey man are you likely going to go to Georgia what would you have told me if we were keeping it on the low low oh really Really, real, After freshman, well freshman year I got the offer, I was like, yeah, I'm going to Georgia. But then I didn't really hear from them for like sophomore, sophomore year. So I, I didn't really know about them. I was exploring other options. But then they came real hard. They, they were saying like they didn't like know I was going to be when I like put my size on. So that's why they didn't really recruit me that hard. But Coach Scott let me know everything. Was it something as football as they wondered if you were a defensive end, but then when you kept
0: putting on weight where you could be a defensive they, line? of three or five is that when they said okay this guy's going to be a fit for us
1: they didn't know if i was going to be an outside linebacker like i was real skinny freshman year so they know i was going to put on weight so when i got put on weight and they knew i was gonna be a dn d cycle i was like yeah point guard for Douglas County how's that happen man last year you were what six
0: four six three and a half two fifty or whatever uh-huh. that, that speaks to your athleticism right?
1: Yeah. Been hoop- really my, my main sport wasn't football when I was younger I was really basketball all the way but Coach Sully and Coach White they led me to football so really basketball helped me a lot with, on, on the field as well my feet work and I Movement. What do you want to be when you report to Georgia in January? Do you want to be 300?
0: Do you want to be 305? What do you think your body will look like? About 280, 285. All muscle up. And when Coach Scott talks to you about what you can be at Georgia, what does he project you to play? A three, a five,
1: everything? Uh, really all through the line. He compares me to a lot. Uh, like Malik Heron, he compares me to him a lot. But you look like Malik now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Goals for your senior year, what are you going to be at, at 285, running through the A-gap and B-gap this year? Uh, yeah, I'm aiming for 20 sacks this year. That's what I'm aiming for. And then I think you're going
0: to play some offense. Tell me about your role that you think. Is it tight end? Is it receiver? Is it slot? It's- Where could you play offensively
1: for the Tigers? this year? I can play wherever really but mainly mainly tight end they're going to move me out to receiver a little bit not all the time but mostly tight end What's your favorite part of playing football? Uh, hitting, making plays, and feeling the drumming in a crowd. That really can be hyped up. Jonathan, yeah. if you could describe for everybody out there what type of player that's going to go play for the University of Georgia, what type of dog are you going to be? What's the answer to that? Uh, I'm going to be a dog, like you said. Uh, high, high motor, uh, high energy, making plays. just a lot of energy on the field. Jonathan Jefferson, hey, man, just off the practice field, thanks for spending some time with us today. Right, no problem.
0: All right, guys, look at him throwing those blocking sleds around. That's kind of one of the signatures there for Jonathan Jefferson. What else can I tell you about Jonathan Jefferson? How about this? Here's a good little story. Um, Douglas County High School was playing a scrimmage game his freshman year, and the starters for Douglas County, one of them is now in the 2D for Arkansas at defensive end. The other guy is a, a scholarship player at Charleston Southern, excuse me, Charleston Southern, and he was a senior. Um, the gentleman that's now at Arkansas, who was two, three years older than him, uh, he wasn't playing in that game. He had a minor injury. So he told the coaches to start Jonathan Jefferson at defensive end as a freshman. That was against Grayson high school. Here's what Jonathan Jefferson does, man. And we got to roll that back. That's like 2017 Grayson high school as well. Some very bona fide players were there. Uh, Jonathan Jefferson has a strip sack, a sack. A lot of tackles for losses made a bunch of plays and at that point just the freshman everybody out there the douglas county high school tiger staff were convinced that they needed to make jonathan jefferson a starter they moved that young man that was a charleston southern inside heading to charleston southern inside and made him a defensive tackle and that was when his recruiting began As you saw in that video i thought it was interesting his dream school was georgia um, he's not going to visit anywhere else. And then the second thing about that is Georgia was his first school to offer. But here's the thing that started happening. It was a little wild. He kept getting bigger. He kept growing. Georgia would evaluate him as an outside linebacker, but then as a defensive end. But then they continued to evaluate him and he kept putting on weight. He put on 30 pounds over, uh, I guess, the last seven or eight months of this year. He grew into a defensive tackle at three and five technique. And that's when he became a super candidate for uh uh, Trey Scott's room. Jonathan Jefferson will not take any visits. He's not talking to any other schools. He will enroll early in January. Really great grades from a very strong academic savvy and academic minded program there at Douglas County High School. I think the world of what Johnny White does with the young man in his program and that's been the case for quite some time. The other thing I thought was interesting about Jonathan Jefferson is he's had the same friend group for basically all of their lives. Very humble kid. Very hardworking kid. But he has basically had the same friends, the same kids he was rolling with as a, as, a, as a freshman are the same kids that are his friends now. He keeps his circle very small. Obviously, you learned in that um, package there that he is the son of a gentleman who fought for the heavyweight title of the, of the world against Vitaly uh, Klitschko for the WBO title. Lots of things to like there about that story. Reminder, if we asked Jonathan Jefferson years ago, sophomore, freshman year, what he wanted to be, he wanted to be a college basketball player, still a point guard for Douglas County High School, or at least he was during his junior year. And he was the guy that would bring the ball up for press breaks and handle the press and navigate the press for Douglas County High School. He did that this past winter at about six foot three and a half and 250 pounds. And that, my friends, is the guy that's going to play the interior defensive line for the University of Georgia. That's a good. Hot seven or eight minutes about all things Jonathan Jefferson. We wanted to make sure you got a chance to learn a lot about him, even though he made his commitment way back in mid-March. Obviously, that story, which was very, very touching and very grateful to hear Jonathan's thoughts on how his father um, battled back from COVID-19. He lost a lot of weight. It was very much touch and go. He was even on a ventilator. And part of the reason why he made his commitment is he wanted his dad to know where he was going to go play college football because things look kind of bleak. And that he was in need of a lot of purposeful prayer. And uh, that's something we will not take lightly when hearing about that young man's story. And now his father also recovered from COVID-19 as well. Folks, that's what we try to bring you guys here each and every week on uh, Before the Hedges. Before the Hedges each week, every Wednesday night, is brought to you by our fine partners at Kroger. And now, as we do every week, we're going to call this the halftime of our show. Halftime here on Before the Hedges means you get to hear from Brandon Adams and Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. Thank you. Thanks to our great partners at Kroger. Guys, I got a question for everybody out there. I'm going to give you one of these hot read questions right now. If, if I'm keeping up with my math, I think 14 out of the last 20 Georgia commitments, you guys have either heard from them live, had talked to them, um, gotten to ask questions or you've seen a package like you did right there with uh, Jonathan Jefferson kind of covering as many bases as we can here with this 2021 class bringing you their stories bringing you the chance to see and hear from them as well I got a question for everybody out there we've talked to a ton of dudes lately Brock Bowers Javon Bullard uh, Jared Wilson this week was Jonathan Jefferson we had um, on and on and on I said Brock Bowers already you, you've heard from Brock Vandegriff, of course I want to know, um, LaVacier Carroll's been on, Dylan Fairchild's been on. Um, of the guys that stand out recently, give me two names that you've learned about and gotten to know and already consider yourself well-read or at least knowledgeable about the Georgia 2021 or 2022 recruiting class. Michael Groves, Mar- Marquise Groves-Killebrew another another name that comes to mind. Who are the one or two guys? I want to know two names, two guys that really stand out to you or you go, You know what? I'm going to be a fan of that dude immediately when he plays for Georgia. I want to know which one of these young men have made the biggest impression on you so far. Uh, C dog West. I see your question. Um, anything on Kendall Milton, he had one carry for four yards. I thought he looked pretty good. He got a chance to play in his very first Georgia football game. He traveled, made the trip as well. Dejon Edwards also had uh, one carry for four yards, but I saw Kendall Milton get a, get into a lot, a few, you know, a, a little bit more plays than Dejon Edwards did as well. Anytime you can play, anytime you can get a carry in your very first college game, I think that certainly means something as well. Um, Let's roll through a couple of things. These are kind of going to be our our building blocks of every show. We call them the um, major food groups for Dog Nation every week on Before the Hedges. Let's start this week with the – let me call for it. Let's start this week with our commitment board. If you've noticed, uh, they're really – and this is a way to kind of look at it very briskly. Nobody's rankings went up or down. There weren't any re-ranks or evaluations since the last time. But it's funny, some other schools picked up commitments – And that caused Georgia to tumble. Georgia is now the number 15 overall school right now for 2021 on the 24-7 sports team composite rankings. Folks, don't worry about that one bit. That thing's going to be taken care of in due time um, for the 2021 recruiting class. But as of now, Georgia is the number 15 overall school in the uh, 2021 recruiting rankings, those team recruiting rankings where Georgia Um, Say it aloud with me right now, since Kirby Smart was hired, he got about a month and a half, two months. He got Georgia number six in 2016. He got Georgia number three in 2017. Georgia was number one in 2018. Georgia was number two in 2019. Georgia was number one in 2020. Um, You see a pattern there. Lots of top five, top threes. I think Georgia has had an average ranking over the last four cycles of 1.7 overall. Um, not quite. Not quite one first overall on the average. Not quite two two overall on the average. Let's take a like I said before Georgia's um, rankings for all those fifteen public commitments. Notice I said notice I said public commitments. There they have not changed. Um, I want to I call your attention to a segment or, a, or at least a quick snapshot we showed last week. That's the in-state, out-of-state, in the SEC footprint, outside the SEC footprint glance. You see, George only has three commitments that are out that are beyond the SEC footprint at this time. Can you guys name those really fast with me? I'm going to give you guys five seconds before I fire them off, off the line of scrimmage. Five, four, three, two, one. Those three uh, commitments that are, appear outside of the SEC footprint, footprint Brock Bowers, California, Jamon Dumas Johnson, Maryland, Dejon Nugget Warren, also out of Maryland. Those are the only three that do not appear inside the SEC footprint. Um, we have to count the players a little bit differently but out of state, in state, because of the two young men that are committed, Marlon Dean and Lavoisier Carroll um, at IMG Academy. Quick sidebar, Lavassier Carroll is having an astounding senior season. He looks big. He looks fast. He's catching the ball. He's scoring about two times every week. La- Lavassier Carroll is one of those names that looks like a really strong fit for Georgia. He's over six feet, over 205, 210 pounds. Really strong fit for Georgia in the 2021 recruiting class, Lavassie um, Lavassier Carroll. Um, let's take a look really quickly. This is the part I know a lot of folks really, really wait for a little bit. They tell me, especially in the Dog Nation forum, they tell me about what's going on. We have a new top targets this week. Number 10, new name on the top targets list. We've been talking about him just a little bit in the Dog Nation forum. That is Maryland speedster Dante Thornton. You see a lot of chatter and crystal balls there for him excuse me, from Oregon. Um, uh, No commitment made yet. Georgia and Texas are a couple of schools that are definitely trying to get in the mix for one of those self-guided tours for Dante Thornton. Dante is a six foot four and a half, 200 pound receiver, clocking four fours, high four fives on the laser. Very fast young man. I still think Georgia is going to try, try like the Dickens to make sure, to see if they can get another weapon like him inside the 2020 recruiting class. And I know, what folks were saying about, oh, I thought Georgia was done with Jackson Meeks and also uh, uh, Mr. Mitchell out of Texas and Tennessee. Um, that's kind of not going to be the case. I think if Georgia has the chance to add another receiver to the class like Adonai Mitchell and also Jackson Meeks, I think this program and Cortez Hinton would be Huckleberry enough to go after a player like that. Um, those are your top targets. Number 10, Dante Thornton, still have Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. Look for him to make his decision after his senior season at number nine, number eight. A young man, um, Dog Nation will be speaking to um, very, very shortly, very recent, very soon. Shmile Munden Jr. out of Paulding County, um, recently named an All-American Bowl uh, participant. He picked up his jersey really right now, as we speak, in an All-American Bowl ceremony. Shmile Munden Jr. right there, number seven. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins out of Gaffney, South Carolina. A little bit more about him later. Number six, Mason Smith, that package deal there with Corey Foreman. Xavier Sori, he's also out of IMG Academy, still not playing yet as he recovers from an injury. Number four is Nylon Green out of Newton High School in Covington, Georgia. Um, number three, moving down one spot this week, Corey Foreman out of Centennial High School in Corona, California. We had a couple of big uh, items at the top of our show about Corey Foreman and how we think. Um, we're kind of expecting now him to take his recruiting all the way to February, the old traditional signing period. That means no early enrollment. That means no signing during the early period on December 19th. And that, and that also means no uh, commitment at an all American game. That's kind of the way things are trending. I wouldn't say it's definite right now, but that possibility in my mind's eye is definitely opened up over the last couple of weeks. Number two, Terry and Arnold, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, Georgia could play him at cornerback. Georgia's recruiting him to be a lockdown corner. But as he progresses and his skill set evolves and people start ignoring him on that side of the field, Georgia would like to play him at free safety as well so he can continue to make a play all across the field and in the scheme. And number one on our list is Amarius Mims out of Bleckley County in Cochran, Georgia. That's a nice segue as we want to go in here to our uh, timelines for a lot of the decision priority UGA targets. Kamari Lassiter, the three-star cornerback out of Tuscaloosa. I think that's a TBD decision right now. It was kind of, if you felt a certain type of way about some of the schools that were after him, I thought he would have been ready to do it at the beginning of the year. That's not taking place right now. He lives in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but he is a Georgia native. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, I think the latest revised estimation would be this month of October. First thing we got to see out of Tyrion Ingram Dawkins is we've got to see him name his commitment date. He said he's ready to. He said he's almost ready to name his date. He has not done that yet um number Shamar Turner I think that's an October November type decision for there. We put on the forum a couple of days ago that I don't think Georgia is in as good a spot as other schools like Alabama, Texas and Texas A&M with Shamar Turner. For Georgia to get any traction with Shamar Turner folks, I think he has to take one of those self-appointed unofficial visits where he does everything on his own. He walks around the campus, soaks it all in, no face-to-face interaction with the Georgia coaches. Nylon Green, we've always felt that this may be a a midseason type thing where he could even extend it to the end of his senior year. Donovan Edwards, I've been told that, and also reports are out there, that Donovan Edwards will extend his recruiting and he won't make his decision until after his senior year. Thankfully, they're playing their high school football now in in Michigan as well. Um, Xavier Soria is a guy December 16th, December 19th. That's for the early signing period. Same thing for Mason Smith. That's when he's told me he plans to make his decision. Corey Foreman, we said it earlier in our show a couple of times, I think this is a guy that is no longer trending to be an early signing period guy, probably no longer an early enrollee guy. Of course, all these things are not, are not set. They're not concrete. But that's where I think the possibility of Corey Foreman being, in, being a February guy, maybe even a guy that keeps going on past February, I think that possibility is mushrooming as well. Last on our list is Terry and Arnold as well. Terry Arnold's Arnold the guy that's told me, yeah, he sure. Maybe he could do it. Maybe he could be ready to do it um, for the uh, All-American game. But most likely, it seems like he's a guy that's going to take that out to the national signing day in February. He's a guy that I know would still probably like to take his official visits to three or four or maybe five plum schools that are the apple of his eye. Hmm, That's a lot of things to get through right now. Last but not least, get your questions ready. Of course, Dog Nation and Before the Hedges. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick breeze uh, through some of the online chatter, some of the tweets I wanted you guys to get a really good look at um, going through everything right now. Let's start with um, uh, Pierce Sperlin. I want you guys to take a look at his commitment tweet there. He's about six foot five. He played in the Walton High program, but then transferred to um, Santa Rosa Beach. That's in the panhandle around Destin, around Seaside, and um, South Walton there. Beautiful part of the country there. Beautiful part of Florida there as well. I vacation with my family there a lot whenever I get the chance to. Um, You see uh, Dog Nation friend, Dog Nation post-game show co-host Terrence Edwards. You see this tweet right here. I think that sums it up nicely. He said that the Pierce-Sperling commitment was very – Special to him. You see, man, Todd Hartley is getting good at this. Not only is he bringing in some dudes to play tight end, you look at his track record, Darnell Washington now. um, Before that, Brett Sither, who actually had a catch against Arkansas as well. But now Darnell Washington, you see him hitting his stride there in the 2021 class with Brock Bowers. You see Pierce Sperling now in the 2023 class. Definitely a playmaker, definitely a guy with tight end size, but maybe some of the wiggle and twitch and route running of a flex in, of a slot receiver, a guy who can get it done out done out there with some of classic receiver uh, skills, getting in and out of his breaks, um, catching the ball really well, showing a lot of ball skills, going out and snatching the ball. That's what Pierce Sperling will do. Um, Todd Hartley celebrating that with a Steph Curry gift. A couple more things I want to bring to your attention. 2022 quarterback Ja'Curry Brown out of Lowndes High School. Now, Ja'Curry Brown... Led Lounge to the state championship game in Georgia's highest classification last year against Marietta. He was named, you've seen this a lot happening each week, Georgia's offensive recruiter of the week for his performances so far. Jacuri Brown has really um, opened a lot of eyes with an improved passing acumen. He's always been an athlete that can run it around six foot four, six foot five, big arm, can throw it a country mile, um, like Uncle Rico always showing up in our YouTube comments. But He's now becoming more of a quarterback passer that can put the ball on guys and not just that dual threat guy. The defensive recruit of the week, you saw Tyrion Ingram Dawkins flash some of the highlights. He was flashing the Georgia Gloves. He had four sacks last week for Gaffney High School in Gaffney, South Carolina. He was named the defensive recruit of the week out of Gaffney High School. Um, the last one, and I'll, this is kind of dovetails on everything going on in that 2023 class to what I was telling you, good people, about. And that was, folks, there's going to be some momentum there. Look at this tweet here from Justin Benton. Justin Benton is a dude, class of 23, 2023 recruit out of Newton High School. He's one of those Rams. But he, look what he tweeted and retweeted about Pierce Sperling right there, about the 2023 class. You see a lot of chatter after Pierce Sperling made his decision. Folks, there are a lot of guys, a lot of nationally elite, top 100, top 150 players, I think the cup will run us over in that 2023 recruiting class of guys that are really psyched and really psyched to play for Georgia right away. Folks, that was a brisk tour through your 2021 um, or not 2021, but at least our, our September the 30th, 2020 online chatter tweets. I wanted to put in front of your eyes on our program this week on all things, Georgia and Georgia recruiting. I'm going to take a breath. You guys got some questions before we wrap up our uh, Before the Hedges show this week brought to you by Kroger. You guys got a question. I'd love to hear them. Let me know what's going on in the feed. I see a lot of folks talking about the quarterback. Naturally so. Um, I'm betting that Georgia has given the first team reps to at least two or three guys, maybe even three guys this week. i would be very interested to see how much JT Daniels can go. I want to tell you guys, I think I do this in the forum a lot, but JT Daniels if he's healthy, can be a difference maker for Georgia. He is a guy that can put the ball on dudes, very cerebral, great football cognitive ability, accuracy. Remember what Todd Munkin said in his meeting with the media at the beginning of this fall camp or in the middle of OTAs for Georgia? His number one thing, his number one thing is accuracy, putting the ball on guys. But he also wanted to see somebody move the chains. That's where JT Daniels in his knee comes into question right now. How healthy is that knee? How good is his mobility? Or is he just a guy that's going to sit back there, pick people apart with some of that same Jake Fromm-type skills, but maybe a little bit more arm, a little bit more challenging guys outside, a little bit more challenging guys over the middle. Uh, JT Daniels has shown he's done that. In his career at the high school level. And also, folks, there was that one week where he was at the Army All American Bowl. Trevor Lawrence was there. JT Daniels looked as good as any quarterback that performed that week at the Army All American Bowl in San Antonio. Still, guys, and I also don't forget the name Carson Beck. Carson Beck, I've said this a lot of times Carson Beck brings you a great blend of cognitive ability, leadership skills, six foot four. He can put some velocity on that ball. He's accurate. He knows the offense. And then he can escape and extend plays. Maybe when on the third and seven, he'll get you 12 yards. He's got some of that really good wiggle. Um, that Maybe even Stetson Bennett showed uh, against Arkansas on Saturday. Noah Sheldon, how are you doing, man? Hope everything's great with you and I hope you had a very uh productive encounter in the water closet. Nothing but the best for you, dude. Kenneth Wiggins, hey man. Hey man, speed me up here. Why are people gonna get onto me for saying something? What did I do? What 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 did
1: I say? Brian a good
0: question, sir. Uh, since the NCAA extended the dead period and will not allow visits, how big is Brock going to be basically with Kirby on our on-campus visits and recruiting? And it was the one recruit do I think that will hurt Georgia the most by not getting him on campus? I think Donovan Edwards is the guy Georgia has to get on campus. I think the campus visit means everything. I think Brock – Brock's basically going to have an asterisk or a um, helping hand or a uh, major, major um, – effort in bringing a lot of these guys almost all these guys to the class um, should they choose Georgia he's a guy that is willing and able to do whatever Georgia's needed him with a lot of these um, low-key down low uh, self-guided visits as well he's been doing that for a number of times I think the number of recruits on my personal inventory here where Brock has played a major factor in their decision to to choose Georgia I think the number is like seven or eight right now All right, guys, Facebook. I am, uh, gave a quick lap around things right now. Um, Wyatt Fielding. Yep. Look at there, Wyatt. So he believes that JT Daniels is the real deal, but uh, Wyatt, here's what I would say. It needs to be the real deal. JT Daniels and not 75, 85% of what he can be right now as well. I know he's a guy that can sit there, but sit back there in the pocket and really, um, start dealing, but accuracy is a big thing. And folks, What we've heard about how JT Daniels looked in those preseason scrimmages, he was not accurate. Courtney Fisher, how are you? Uh, Thanks for uh, stopping by. Uh, Courtney Fisher Hartley is the tight ends coach. Um, Tony Lombard like Jared Wilson and Dylan Fairchild Um, all right everybody hey Jeff's got an interview to do. Hope everybody enjoyed this program tonight. Trying to throw a lot of information at you, maybe kind of like those 89 plays where Georgia ran against Arkansas. That was the big thing that stuck out to me. A Georgia football team ran 89 plays in a game, and I was alive to see it. Kirby Smart was the head coach. That's the difference in the Todd Munkin offense. If you want to know something that will make a difference in your lives, check out Brandon Adams tomorrow at 10 a.m. Check out Dog Nation cover Four live tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Check out the page of dognation.com every day. Recruiting, team news, tailgate recipes from, from Kroger. Did anybody catch that watermelon salad? I caught that watermelon salad. I hope you guys, when you stop to by our page, you get fed. You get fed from what you, need to, what you need on all things Georgia football as a card carry member of Dog Nation. But you get that great insight, recipes, tailgating, home gating. Get all that stuff from Kroger as well. For Jeff Sintel, from everybody at Dog Nation, I wish you guys a very blessed night, a great week. Hope everybody enjoys the game on Saturday, and we'll catch you later on dognation.com.
1: Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So George, who will pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life I never settled.